You're listening to episode number 253 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Or you can, of course, just give us money by donating via PayPal. A link to that's also available at the 360vegaspodcast.com website. This podcast has been enhanced, which means it has segment chapters, pictures related to the content being discussed, and links to the referenced articles there on our blog and opportunities to support the show via our affiliates and PayPal donations are there as well. Please enjoy. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. Who's the casino? Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. It's weird. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know where I am with this. You don't like, have a start? Like, I, I, well, I mean, I... You always have a start. You always have a... All right, let's get into it. That, 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 that's not what I'm, I'm getting at. What I'm trying to share is the... the Limbo I'm in right now with uh, with this Vegas trip. I mean, I'm definitely excited about it, but just in a very completely different way. Like, you realize like, in, a, in a week we're going to be there. Yeah, well, I do realize that, but it's not like, oh man, I'm going to be in Vegas. Like, this kind of cool, man. I'm going to be in Vegas in like a week. That's, I'm that's just so looking forward to it. I need this break. Like, there's no tomorrow, and there's no other place to get away. I think the thing I'm most excited about is Nacho Daddy right now. That's the thing that my head's (laughs) wrapped around. So we've already planned out every single meal we're going to have for the trip. Nacho Daddy, my head's all, and and we're going to, we're going to have it at the, at the Nacho Daddy we haven't been to yet at the, well, possibly, probably at the uh, Miracle Mile shops at Planet Hollywood. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we've got to go downtown. I was just, that was actually going to be my question. Do you guys think you'll even make it downtown this trip? I see it happening. We'd like to gamble. You want some good pitch, right? Pitch blackjack? Uh, hey, you don't have to convince me about how awesome Main Street Station is. Yeah, so I, I see that, that happening, you know, if, if only for like a quick day trip. That's why I was like, oh, shit. I can definitely see us going, wait a minute. Why don't we go down and play some pitch, and then we'll eat it. Not your daddy down there, but like, yeah, all right. I can't really argue with that. Yeah, it may depend on the day and whatever, but yeah. I mean, we don't have any plans to go down, but you never know. Once you're in Vegas, you can have the best laid See, plans. in my head, I always kind of had the plan <laughs> to go down, but then again, we are yeah, sure. We are staying at Lynn. Well, that's, that's something else, too, is that this isn't uh, outside of the meals. This isn't really planned, and I think that's that's another. That, well, that's what I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to. You know what I would liken it to is it's like being married for, and, and you're gonna have to hold with me. Uh, I'm, for I'm a while. waiting. I can't it's, wait to hear this it's one. It's like being married for 20 years, where things aren't exciting the way they are when you're when you're young and you don't know what to expect, <laughs> but they're exciting because 
you know what to expect. You know what's what what's gonna be fun. You know what you're gonna like. You you know what to expect. You know this is gonna be cool. You know it's like, oh yeah, awesome sex. I know it's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. <laughs> so Mark's getting anal at Christmas. I, 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 yeah, it's like that I, joke I, on Friends. I would, Is it the thing I rarely get or the thing I never get? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna relate it to a twenty-year marriage. Is in, it's comfortable, but you're happy with the comfortable. That's what you're looking forward to. It's being sure. comfortable. Yeah, I, I was, I was trying to steer clear of the sex thing, but it, I, I, that's probably the the best way to describe it. Is it's like, yeah, it's not the exciting, crazy, like, oh my god, this is gonna happen. It's, it's the exciting, like. Oh, I know exactly how this is going to work, and it's going to be awesome. It's like you haven't you haven't gotten to that uh, that stage in the marriage where you're like you know from Mr. and Mrs. Smith and they're throwing each other against walls and everything. But you know, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys have a freaky deaky sex life. <laughs> and I'm saying it's not like that. <laughs> there there is something good about yeah. uh, predictability and uh, no, uh, uh, not the unknown. Sure. I don't know. Well, that's not... <laughs> I mean, that's awkward on so many levels. I know. <laughs> let's, well, let's start the awesome. show, then. Let's start the show. <laughs> He's Mark, she's Karen, I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. There's a small thematic subtext of Cirque's Beatles Love being the band's last concert. We got that from Vegas Chatter. That's how long ago. <laughs> Is that implied, or...? No, it, it, it's a subtext to it. It's supposed to be quasi implied. Okay. You don't you don't you don't see it? You don't you don't reflect on it as many times as we've seen it. You don't you don't see that that context sub Okay, so honestly, and and maybe this is just me. I don't look at a show or a movie or even read books. I used to fucking hate it in high school when you had to read what was that with the one with the rabbits? Watership Town. We had to read that stupid book and like, so what does this actually mean? What do the rabbits represent? And what are they? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. It's a book about rabbits. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I don't look at. I look at stuff for entertainment value as being entertainment value, not. Ooh, what is the social commentary on this? Like, I. It's just not me. See, so I I, I. I look at maybe Beatles love too literally in that I love the the way that they tell the story of each song and I love how they've woven that thread through that I find fascinating when it starts going into subtext and all that other stuff and the hidden meaning behind it I'm just not there see I can't ever see it without someone telling it to me I mean at least not often like I know with the matrix I got lost in that thing because I could see the levels. A lot of people are like, "This is making sense." Yeah, I could see the levels, like like the the technological er, the, the the technological parables and metaphors. Yeah, that's and, easy for you to say. And all that stuff, I could really wrap my head around. Obviously, the the biblical or the 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 religious me, messianic messiasonic. What is it? No, not that sounds too many. I too many syllables. Right. Yeah, masonic. Messianic. <laughs> move on. Get to the point. But <laughs> Tony, did you pick up any subtext in love? I've never seen it. I have zero. Jen and I have zero interest in anything Cirque du Soleil. Uh, so we did have Mark. tried yes. and tried. So did Mark. And he... this is the only one that I would say you should try. Like even even Michael Jackson's. I was like. Eh. It's like a live performance of his fucking music videos. And and I will admit there's there 
no comparison between the Michael Jackson one and Beatles Love. Beatles Love is phenomenal. I mean, it's just the music is so good, and there's so it's yeah, there's some of the creepy costumes and that kind of stuff, but it's not what 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 Cirque shows have you seen? Oh, none. But when we would try to watch any of so. Okay, I'm slightly dating myself here, but it wasn't uncommon for Jay Leno when he was still hosting The Tonight Show to have, instead of like a, a musical guest, he would have a Cirque come on and yeah. do, you know, a three oh, or yeah. four or five minute. Yep. And I literally could barely make it 90 seconds into their shtick. Yep. And I'd be like, all right, this is, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm done watching people flip around. I'm, yeah. I'm over this. If you, don't like, if you don't like the Beatles music, you won't, I, don't, right. then don't bother because, exactly. it, it, yeah, because then, okay. you've, then you've got nothing to go for. Like, if you at least like Beatles, if you're like, yeah, I like the Beatles, like, you should go see this. Because even Christina was like, yeah, they're okay. The Beatles are okay. But I mean, I would go see it because I like Cirque. And I'm like, if you like something about this, you're gonna love about that the show. Beatles? Yeah, you will. You know, even even if like, cause like I said, I went to that. I fucking hated Cirque. Well, I still kind of hate Cirque, and I love that show. Well, that was the first one that I got you to go to, and then the second one was O. Yeah. And we just saw Elvis, which was just a bad show to begin with, and then we saw Michael Jackson's one, and oh, I completely agree with you. O to me was so boring. Yeah. And I didn't like Zumanity. I Isn't it, Zumanity supposed to be super sexual? Uh, yeah, it was just stupid. It, I'm sorry. There was nothing about that show that turned me on. However, my gay friend that we went with loved it when the two guys kissed on stage. He almost completely lost his mind, and he stood up and was standing ovation and all this. And I'm just like, all <laughs> right, whatever. This was a while ago. This So it, but, it was... It no, was... it just... That one I didn't... The other one, though, that I really do love, and I'm going to get Mark to go see, is Ka. Because Ka had one of the most amazing stage productions that I've ever seen. Um... And, and I will say this to your point, Tony, if, if the only time you've ever seen a Cirque is on like, yeah, like a little clip like that on Jay Leno, I completely agree with you. Painful. No need to watch it. This is such a visual and musical experience because, again, there's so much going on. There's the speakers like in front of you and behind you in your seat. So you're just surrounded by it. I, it's a phenomenal show. I get why, and if you don't have an interest and you don't even like the Beatles, that it, yeah, it's not probably worth you going. But it's a, if your only reason for not going is those little snippets of Cirque, this is so not that. I'll tell you what, Karen. As soon as Cirque du Soleil creates their own show f with Tears for Fears, there I you go. All, I'll be all over that. Oh, I would too. Everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah, save me a seat next to you on that one. <laughs> All right, so can we move into the twit pick of the week, please? Palpable, in a word, is how I would describe at Jen Hot's picture and this week's twit pick of the week. The view of the strip south of Paris at night, taken from the Eiffel Tower experience, is so intense it's almost tangible. Also known as the actual definition of the word palpable. One of the most interesting effects, views like this and ones available at the Mandarin Oriental or the High Roller is, while they are stunningly beautiful, they also create an intense desire to abandon said view and become a part of it. It reminds one of the philosophy that there are two kinds of people in the world, astronomers and astronauts. Astronomers observe and enjoy space from a distance. 
and the safety of familiar surroundings, while an astronaut ventures into the vast unknown to experience it. I get the impression the majority of people who love Las Vegas are the latter, even if only in Las Vegas. Can a picture be palpable? Yeah. An image. Well, yeah, I guess because an image. And be. yeah, a picture is an image. I know. I know. That might actually be part of the definition of a photograph as well. <laughs> I don't know. Let me look up the word palpable. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm assuming Mark did since he quoted the very definition of. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Because I was like, th- that literally is what, what happened to me. When I looked at it, the word palpable came to mind. And I'm like, am I thinking of the right word? <laughs> and I looked it up and I'm like, that is exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, good. Huh. Webster's Dictionary says it is easily perceptible or easily perceptible by the mind. They also say it's capable of being touched or felt, but in this instance, I didn't think that was the most appropriate definition. (laughs) That was the one I was going with. Just pick the one that we want. Right. (laughs) Does it work, Tony? Does it work? Yes, Mark, you're right. It works. It works. No, it's, it's a beautiful picture. I've never been up to the top of the uh, Eiffel Tower experience before. So seeing how gorgeous that view is, that's kind of a, uh, an instance where I think, not only do I want to do that myself, I want to take my own camera to be able to, you know, capture those, that, that, what that must look like and feel like forever. Cause that's, it's a gorgeous picture. I get why that would be the twit pick of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a cool experience. It's kind of, you know, there's a, a cage that you are looking through the whole time. So unless you get, like right up on it with the viewfinder and your camera, you know, your, your view's a l- little obstructed, but... I mean, Actually, you can pretty much take any camera and, and pull it off, but I know exactly what you mean. The, the pictures look fine, the but the view is. isn't the greatest. Yeah, the lens has to go through the little grate that, you, you know, that you're yeah. looking through that's there for our safety so nobody jumps. Right. We understand. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> but no, it's it's definitely a cool. If you've never if you've never been up there, it's really cool. I mean, it does. They charge for it, obviously. It's definitely worth Vegas, doing at least. No, once. you need to do it at least once. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, listen. As always, we will link the photo to our blog. We're going to feature it on all of our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google Plus, and Twitter, as well as the enhanced version of the show, which you should be seeing right now. Let's move into the news. So Caesars sells Harris. Fresh out of bankruptcy, Caesars is back to buying shit. A break from the norm to help finance their latest $1.7 billion acquisition of Centaur Holdings, owners of Racinos in Indiana, Caesars sold Harris Las Vegas Hotel and Casino to VICI for $1.14 billion. Included in the deal was a 15-year lease for Caesars to run the property, paying VICI annual rent of $87.4 million, increasing year over year. Caesars also has the ability to extend the lease for an additional 20 years in four five-year extensions. Lastly, Caesars is acquiring the 18.4-acre plot behind Harris and Flamingo, with plans to build a 300,000 square foot convention center. And once that project is complete, Caesars has the ability to require VICI to buy it from them, then lease it back to Caesars. All this sound familiar and yet confusing? Let me clear it up. 
V-I-C-I is Caesars. Oh, they just set up another legal entity. Yes. Okay. So they fucking bought and sold shit to them. It's a private company that Caesars spun... Well, I guess it's not It's not private. It's, regardless, it's it's a spinoff that, that they're referring to as an experimental real estate portfolio. Essentially, it's they... It's they sold Harris to itself and will pay itself rent for the right to run itself. Yep. All this is legit, by the way. All this is legal. So, I have a couple observations. Shoot. Observation number one, V-I-C-I is actually Vici. It's that Latin term of Vini, Vidi, Vici, which is the I came, I saw, I conquered. God damn it, that does so make that's... way more sense. <laughs> and way cooler. <laughs> well... So, so it's clever. I mean, Caesars is playing on its Latin roots, right? Right. right. Of, of of that. But second of all, this Vici is really nothing more than their 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 REIT, their real estate investment trust yep. that they set up to get themselves out of bankruptcy. And if yeah, I'll, I'll defer to you. I'll defer to the listeners if they want a legal lounge on on what these REITs are all about and how they operate and how they work. I'd be happy to put one together. But the long and short of it is, the best part about it is they can sell it to themselves and then charge themselves. Right. The, <laughs> payment for it and then they can take it as a business deduction on the other end of the ledger i mean it's it's brilliant yeah i mean i i i don't actually object to this it's totally legit it 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 seems shady as fuck and that's the thing that i like to mock about it but to be fair kirk kerkorian's been doing this shit for fucking like way back when he built his first property with the international where he would own the land and then lease it to the holding company that he created that like so this shit's been going on forever yeah i so it was funny I, until i got to the end of the article i saw that they were selling harris and i was like are you kidding and in my head i'm like all right so harris does have the shittiest pool it's not the best, you know, property that they own. If they're maybe it's one that you give up and then you realize it. Oh, you know, they're still going to run it. And it's still theirs, and it's just illegal. And you're like, God damn it. Well, and on the flip side, you have to remember that while their name is Caesars, this company is Harrah's. This this is the company that started as Harrah's. That that that's his yeah. company. You would think they'd have. Well, a, and that some... was the other thing. It was disappointing. It's like, why would you sell that one? Well, and they also still own. Like that is well, no, not anymore. Remember, all their locals used to be Harrah's, and now they're all horseshoes. Right. Yeah. So the other thing that I find interesting... Well, not all of them, but most of them. ...is it really does depend what industry you're in as a corporation, whether or not you like the idea of a REIT. Because in in this case, it is allowing Caesars, number one, to show a gain on sale of an asset, right? Yep. To take... Then, you know, that, those rental payments to Tony's point and, you know, deducting them as a business expense. And then you have this other REIT over there that, hey, I have this asset and I have this guaranteed revenue stream over a period of time. And that's all they have. They're not going to have any expenses. Yeah. So in that sense, it works. In other situations where, and I'll just say that if, it, if it's a franchise company that has real estate assets, the last thing they want to do is create a REIT because it completely changes the whole franchise structure. And it's it's actually, there's been several big franchisees, franchisors that have had problems with it. Like, you know, honestly, Wendy's and Tim Hortons and a few of the others that these activist invest, investors get on the board and force them to spin off their real estate assets. Yeah. And it basically unlocks the value of the real estate. So the investors at the time get all the money, but the companies that depend on that real estate just get fucked. 
Yeah. Because it's not a guaranteed relationship anymore like this is. Because Caesars owns both the REIT and right. this, yeah, yeah. then they're fine and there's nobody else playing in the game. On the other companies, usually when a REIT happens, it's because a company has a shitload of real estate holdings that some activist investor wants to get in and, in and, and create a profit with. Mm -hmm. And it destroys the original company. Carl Icahn. That's well, my, one of them. I was thinking of Ackman. He's a, a big activist investor that does this quite often. So. A.K.A. rapist. Corporate rapist. Pretty much. Yeah. Sorry, that, Speaking was, my of soap, that was my soapbox. <laughs> Sorry. I could have transitioned in really well there. <laughs> well, just pretend I didn't say that. out of order, but I could have transitioned really well. <laughs> just pretend I didn't say it. Go. Speaking of rapists, MGM Resorts hire sexual predators. While we wait for MGM's cease and desist order regarding our title for this news piece, we'll report that MGM Resorts has cut ties with celebrity chefs Todd English and Mario Batali after allegations of sexual misconduct. Eater Vegas confirmed that Batali's allegations will not affect MGM's plans to open in Italy as a part of the Monte Carlo renovations into Park MGM. Batali has stepped away from the day-to-day -day operations of his company, which is to say that he will still financially benefit from them while not actually doing anything. Fingers crossed, Gordon Ramsay's next. That is, Gordon Ramsay's next in the sexual misconduct thing, and then he has to go away. Go away forever. If he honestly, if this guy didn't get sued for, like, abuse on the job, I don't know how the sexual misconduct thing is going to happen. I mean, unless he's yelling at somebody going, you didn't look at it right. And touch it harder. Are you fucking stupid? You're supposed to suck a dick when you see it. Otherwise, I don't, I don't see him. I, I don't see it happening. Speaking of Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> it is slated to open in the space formerly home to Serendipity 3 in front of Caesars Palace on January 26th. I'm interested to see how the constructions come along once we're out there. So. How about the auto collection closing at the link? After 35 years of existence in one form or another at the property, the auto collection at link is closing to the public on December 30th. While traffic to the attraction, as well as vehicle sales have slowed, the reason given for the move is simply that ownership felt it was time. Originally opened as a place for Imperial Palace owner Ralph Engelstad to show off his vehicle collection, in 1999, he brought in current ownership to sell his vehicles. Taking on consignment partners, the concept evolved into the museum slash classic auto dealership it is today. Most of the 65 cars on display are for sale, and those interested in purchasing one will still have that option until February 28th. At that time, vehicles that have not been purchased will be returned to their current owners. No word what will replace the attraction in the space it occupies. I've never been there. Have you guys checked it out before? Nope. I, yeah, we have. At least once. Did, or, you, did you drag me through there the one time I went into IP? Probably. You know what? Maybe it wasn't with you. Maybe I know I did it with my dad for you sure. Might have, I know because I, I I would not. My well, dad's a big car dad, guy. Yeah, yeah, your dad would have loved that. Um, I swear you went, but perhaps you didn't. Uh, I, I I thought it was really interesting because one of the things is it's on the fifth floor. Like, how the fuck they get these cars up here? <laughs> Elevators. It's a car. <laughs> yeah. Have you not seen those multi-story car dealerships? They literally have a lift. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. But the thing is, is I didn't see it there. So. So it's not real. No. You didn't see it. Real. It didn't happen. So it's, not right, it's not real. It's not real. Don't ruin 
the illusion form. Right. <laughs> They're magical. They can fly. It's a transformer. They turn in. They go. They're a robot in the elevator. So they, they just walk themselves. Then on they up. turn back into a car. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a really cute idea. It was an odd place to be, especially when you consider that it, it was an active car dealership for classic cars and famous cars. And, like and I don't think I realized it was. I don't think I realized that you could actually buy the cars. Yeah, all of them. As a matter of fact, the, as they're closing, there's all but one vehicle that isn't for sale, and I can't remember which one it is. But, like, even the, like, I, I believe they said the most expensive car there was the Ford Shelby that mm. was that was in the movie Fast and Furious. It's going for, or not Fast and Furious. Um, gone it gone in sixty seconds. Oh, it's going for like still a shitty movie because Nicolas Cage is in it. But it was a good movie. It's a Ford even Shelby. He was in there. But anyway, I think it's going for like one point four million or something like that. Nice lineup. <laughs> right. Is to your knowledge, could I buy? The Flintstones car from Viva <laughs> Rock Vegas with John Goodman is that is that an option? Could I buy? No. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I don't, I don't, no, you, you know what's funny is I'm like, if there's any place that that exists, it's got to be there, right? <laughs> but I, I think they take themselves seriously and wouldn't wouldn't have that. That's a novelty car. We're not selling that. You can't really drive this. <laughs> you just gotta push really hard. We use horsepower, not manpower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know and why they talk like that. <laughs> for the listeners at home, you got a rare Mark parent reference. For those of you that assumed that Mark was like Charlie Brown and didn't actually have parents. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for news. For those of you unfamiliar with prop bets, it's an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. So here we go. First up. It's being reported that Barry Manilow is in talks with Westgate ownership to return as the property's uh, resident headliner for two weekends a month. Barry uh, was the property's headliner back from 2005 to 2010. Yeah, we're, we're close like that. He insists on me calling him Barry. <laughs> he calls me T-Bone. I get it. Now, he did this when it was still known as the Las Vegas Hilton. Granted, his last gig in Vegas was as a headliner at Paris back in 2012. Yeah, it's funny. I forgot about that until until this story came out. I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. He was at Paris for two years. I, I had totally forgotten about that. But yeah. there was a time, and I think I commented on it then, and, and, I, and I, I would, I'll repeat it even currently. I don't – I hope this doesn't come across as um, – mostly I hope it doesn't come across as being homophobic because I don't mean it that way. But Caesars <laughs> has – a, it has really targeted a certain demographic when they had Barry Manilow, Cher, Celine, uh, Elton John, all oh, yeah. their resident Jesus. headliners. Right? You're and, right. And again, I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm not. I, I, matter of fact, I don't even think that's a, a negative thing. To the contrary, I would. Glad. So, Jen and I saw Elton John in concert. It was a phenomenal. Oh yeah, concert. yeah he's really but good. He's, show. He had a Caesars for a while had a very specific demographic that it seemed like they were playing to. That's wild. It, it didn't occur to me till so, you pointed it out. Maybe another take on it: if Caesars went after the artists that appealed to the greatest demographics. So if you think about, and I can't comment on Barry because he's just gross. But <laughs> I think Barry Manilow is gross. Oh my god, I can't stand him. And the fact that his biggest hit is "If You Want My Body" and you think I'm that, sexy. That, that, there that's, is Rod, no that's Rod. That's Rod Stewart. Stewart. That's Rod Stewart. Oh, you're yeah. right. It is. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think his is, his is Copacabana and Mandy, I think, are his two. And I think he's, he did, like, the I write the songs or, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. then I owe him an apology. I had it mixed up. I still don't think he's attractive in any way, but, um, so if you think about the, the, the artist that... A, he didn't think you are attractive. I, what do you that's think? fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> A giant sigh of relief right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the artists that have the biggest, like the broadest commercial appeal. So Elton John, huge pop singer in the 60s and 70s. I mean, he was gigantic. So before he came out as being gay, he was just a huge icon. Yeah. Cher can sing and huge stage presence and the gays lover, which is fine. Yeah. And then Celine, again, a voice that's incredible annoying as hell to watch but again she has a whole nother segmented fan base that yeah. love her Bette Midler another one Bette Midler yeah yeah was there yeah. as a residency yeah, yeah. so I don't know that it's targeting I, that audience versus I, yeah, I finding folks that have a broad have appeal a Absolutely. and maybe Absolutely. maybe couldn't pack out a stadium tour but if you put them in a residency oh you're gonna make a shitload of money no I know I know what you mean it's almost like like their their level of superstardom is fabulous, and that's or is that's it what fabulous. It, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it, extra it, nice when you see my jazz hands while I sing. Right. <laughs> I, I envisioned them. It's, I the, saw it's them. The, their their presence. It, it, it wasn't like they they cater to an audience. It's that that audience came to them yeah. because of their person. And their, I don't their, think any of those artists persona. that we listed. Cater. No, no, you're to right. Yeah. They did whatever the fuck they, they yeah, wanted to do. Over, yeah, they're just yeah, no. So Good I point. think it's a slightly different take on it, but I, I get I get the common appeal. But it is an interesting I mean you yeah. you can say like, well yeah, you could be argued that that was the case, but I think I think both cases could be made. They're and it's all it's all a little whitewashed. Subtext. But, you know, that's okay. Subtext. Subtext. <laughs> all right. Continuing to be a driving force in the redevelopment of the Las Vegas community, Travelzork reports that Zappos will be the brand name displayed on the jerseys of the city's new professional soccer team, the Las Vegas Lights. Seemingly a response to Casino Royale's price increase on their $1 beer to $2, Venetia announced that Rock House will offer $1 PBR from 4 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is no fucking way that Venetian is trying to compete with Casino Royale. <laughs> Especially, like, I, I like the idea that uh, that the people at Casino Royale are like, $2? It's fucking bull. We're going over to Venetian. Right? <laughs> Where your gambling limits go from a couple yeah. bucks to 25 uh, You know what? Uh, whoa, whoa. This is too rich for my blood. I'm going to Venetian. <laughs> right? That's exactly what I mean. There is no way. And 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 it, you can't even make the argument like on well maybe they're just going let's go get some road beers like okay by the time you get to where Rock House is yeah in Venetian yes. and then back to Caesars yes. you're out and you got to make the trip again yes <laughs> you're gonna get all you're gonna burn those calories because you're gonna be walking back and right? forth the whole time <laughs> and saving money because you're not gambling right oh that's funny Spiegel World who are the creators of Absinthe which is in front of uh, Caesars teamed up with Cosmopolitan because they're people who want absinthe at their property. They announced this week that a new show called Opium will open at the Cosmopolitan in March of 2018. As one would expect from a company that remains in character no matter the circumstance, eh, 
details on what the show will actually be were almost non-existent. That's actually why I like people all the time. Like, how have you not gone to Absinthe? I'm like, there's something about the gazillionaire always being the gazillionaire in every fucking thing that they do. Like, you can't talk to that guy. You can't like you can't have an interview with him. He's in character constantly. Same thing with this. Like, whoever the producer of this new one is, in character the whole time, referring to the gazillionaire doing. I'm like, just fucking go. Just what at your show, whatever. See, and I hate to say it, and I'm sure someone's going to tell me it's not the same thing. I put absinthe in the same category as Cirque, just with upfront, in-your-face awkwardness. And that's what I've heard I there's a lot of in. fucking cunts in it, so. Just, they're like, that would appeal to Mark. <laughs> you like the F-word? You must love this show, then. Right. Just as uninteresting as the announcement that it was opening, it was announced that Circus 1903 is closing at Paris, after a time frame that is most commonly known as being short. In its place, Inferno will open at the property on January 24th. I think I wrote it better than that, but... <laughs> oh. I fucking read it the way you wrote it! You said, you said <laughs> known as being short, and it should be known as short. In a, in a, in a, in a time frame most commonly known as You know short. what? Then you fucking read it and redo it. It seems like that's what I'm going to have to do. Seems like it. <laughs> Here's what's fun. See, Karen, this is the, the only, well, I shouldn't say the only value. This is a value <laughs> to reading the, the script ahead of time. No, I read my section ahead of time, and I'm like, I didn't like the way that, that read, so I changed because it. Because I, but I can hear Oh, you don't Mark's like the way that I write? Voice. You don't like the way that I, that I didn't like it. No, I didn't. And Tony, Tony just changed something up on the last one, and you didn't give him shit. Because yeah, he didn't ruin the punchline. <laughs> you, you stumbled on the on the I didn't stumble. I, I you threw the the B in there and it and it took the the wind out of it. What I felt. Well, I don't give a shit what you felt. Edit it out. <laughs> if it's being, then you can just edit it out. Nobody will know the difference. John Katz is reporting that Rio plans to renovate its old King's Room into a New York-based comedy club. No word when the project will be complete. The predominant reaction to the news was the absence of a reaction followed close. Why not, Karen? Yeah. Poor Rio. Yeah. God, I can't remember the last time I've been in that place. Nope. Sean Christie, the man behind all the nightclubs that win an encore and landing the Paul Blart Mall Cop sequel, <laughs> oh, so now we know who to kill, <laughs> has resigned from the company to pursue other interests. Uh, he should have resigned because of Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> yes, he should have been encouraged. <laughs> Vital Vegas reports that those interests reside at MGM Resorts. Apparently, they really wanted Paul Blart Three. <laughs> he will, he will ride through MGM Grand. It's like a mile and a half. Right. <laughs> His scooter will die. <laughs> I want to watch Kevin James, that fat ass, run through a casino. <laughs> Paul Blart, heart attack. That's what the next <laughs> sequel's called. Vital Vegas reports and other publications later confirmed that the city's new WNBA team relocating from San Antonio will change their names from the Stars to the Aces, a name that's been floated around as an option the moment Vegas started pursuing professional sports franchise. I don't understand what it is about the WNBA, but they all make like a concerted effort to select... Obviously, it doesn't really fit in this case because they both have the ability to be 
fucking mascot. They're it, things like the the Mercury and the fucking uh, uh, I don't know. Fuck it, I ruined this whole thing. <laughs> I don't like you, WNBA. <laughs> that, that's probably all you needed to say. Let's just cut to the chase. Palm Splints to open its new buffet on December 22nd. Its name, AYCE. All you can eat. Ugh. I know, right? I, I, I don't know. I, I think we should title this particular podcast Box Turtle 2. <laughs> no, 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 no. No? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my God, that was awesome. It was announced that celebrity chef. Roy Choi? Do you think that's it? Yeah. Ch- Roy, Roy, Choi. Roy Choi? Yeah. Roy Choi. He must be a boy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes, way, those rhyme, Tony. Roy Choi. By the, way, by the way, tonight's podcast is being sponsored by Bernheimer Original. It's Kentucky Straight Wheat Whiskey. Uh, um, so. Shit. <laughs> Roy Choi will open his first restaurant on the Vegas Strip at Park MGM. Details were few except that $3 million has been earmarked for the development of this particular space. Twilight Zone Mini Golf is now open at Bally's. Interestingly enough, while the theme is unmistakable, the creator and iconic host of the show, Rod Sterling, is not featured any place within the attraction as the company who owns the rights to the Twilight Zone do not own the rights to Rod Sterling. So interesting. Filings this week with the Clark County Building Department revealed that the new owners of the Fountain Blue are currently referring to the stalled project as Project Blue. No word if this is simply a working title to distance themselves from the Fountain Blue or if the number of properties with awful names in Vegas just increased by one. Beyond that, the filings gave little indication on what the plans are for the project. It's got to be just separating it because Fountain Blue is a brand. It was confirmed this week that Wynn Resorts did in fact purchase the new Frontier site for $336 million. While the company did confirm development is the plan, no details or a time frame were shared. Or the plane, the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Tony's a professional. All right. The long-planned Asian concept restaurant for Tropicana now has a name and an ETA. Red Lotus Asian Kitchen plans to open early 2018 next door to Robert Erdvine's establishment at the property and features a, quote, greatest hits of Asian cuisine from Thailand, Japan, Korea, China, and Vietnam served with a westernized flair. So let me translate that for you. Safe for Mark. I like it. (laughs) While purists everywhere cringe. (laughs) I was going to say, because trust me, there's a lot of food in China. There's no way you would have eaten that. Yeah, but you got to westernize it. But you westernize it. Yeah. I just, I envision a P.F. Chang's version of something. (laughs) So do I. Or or a or a what, what is it a Panda, Panda Express? Oh God, no! It, oh. It'll be better than Panda Express. That's what I mean. It'll be P.F. Chang's. <laughs> That's orange chicken I can get behind. <laughs> Watch out for that poor orange chicken. No, don't you get behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, while analysts predict Steve Wynn will be unable to keep plans for the new Frontier site to himself on next month's earnings call. 
Most expect it will be years before any visible progress is made. This also in, that bullet point would have been way better, like just one prop bet before. Okay. We're, we're, we're off. That's it for news and prop bets. Let's check the river. So, Tony, don't you still lead us in? Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, I do, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you it's seven years age small batch? Okay. <laughs> Shit. Figured it was going to be good. So, hey, gang, this is pretty cool. We've got some listener feedback. Actually, we got quite a bit of listener feedback. We do. Um, and actually, if it's all right, I will start us off with the PayPal donations that we got this week from Todd Gaze, Joey and Norma Gibson, and Robert Taylor. Aw, all wonderful friends. Todd writes first, good luck on your Christmas trip. Yo, 11. Thank you very much, Todd. Joey writes, thank you for all you do. Norma and I truly appreciate all the hard work and effort you put into the show. You, your podcast, and the 360 Vegas events have brought so many people together who are now lifelong friends. Look forward to seeing y'all. Aw, I agree. Can I, can I interject so real quick? Sweet, sweet Norma just celebrated her 21st birthday. She oh, did. Yeah. Suck up. Yeah, this week. Yeah. yeah. She so looks happy belated. Fabulous. Happy By the way, during uh, Zork Fest, Joey said to me specifically, I want you to know how accurate Mark is when he says that people email him or tweet him and say, you ruined Vegas for me because <laughs> to do Vegas that's not 360 Vegas is a complete letdown. And he said, I could not agree more with that philosophy. Aww, so I thought I would pass you. that along to you guys. That's awesome. Joey and Norma. <laughs> I'm sorry. And yet at the same time, exactly. very proud of myself. Well, and so here's the funny thing. So we, we have like people like jo Joey saying you've ruined it unless it's a whole 360 to Vegas and the beginning of the show we're like oh no we didn't say that did we say the show no we did sorry we we had a pre-conversation at the conversation but I was just saying how we were looking forward to going to Vegas and it just being kind of us and laid back and stuff so I'm sorry don't don't apologize Karen I've already some folks reached out to me and said hey on 360 you said you're going to be out you know, during the Christmas season, I'd love to meet up. I'd love to buy a drink. I'd love to buy a smoke, you know, whatever the case might be. And and I reply back. I said, listen, this is the trip where I go out with my wife and her brother. And, you know, this is kind of a family thing. I'll be, I'd love to catch up with you. Let's have a drink together. But, you know, just roll with me, you know, go with the flow on it. And they couldn't be more, our listeners could not be more understanding about how this is just this is a vacation for us individually oh, and good. we'd love to meet i love to meet up with listeners i and i will no doubt meet up with joe q already was like hey uh uh, no, uh tara and taylor have already I, i'm going out with a, i'm gonna meet up with a bunch of people but awesome. everyone's been like i'm going to respect your time though and that's incredibly appreciative yeah Awesome. We, have, we just we have awesome listeners. We have we awesome do. listeners. Well, and, and with so many awesome friends that they started as listeners and are now so much. Yeah, that. that's yeah. that's 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 fair. Well, and way to make me look bad, Karen. No, way to make me look I wasn't. Bad. I was I just adding listeners. to it. I'm sorry. They're, sorry. You're not. I just they're can't they're do anything right tonight. <laughs> it's the story of my week. 
Mark, you beat her later. <laughs> <laughs> and hold on. Finally, Rob also wrote in some comments where he said, oh, Rob, just like the Packers overtime victory against the Browns, you have been working overtime to share your passion for Las Vegas. Keep up the good work. See you in Vegas. I hope we do a little bit better than the Browns did. And thank you so much <laughs> for just rubbing that right in there that we had a shot. We had a shot. We fucked it up. Feel good about yourself, Rob? Yeah. Feel good about yourself? You wouldn't pick on the mentally challenged, but it's okay to make fun of the <laughs> NFL equivalent. <laughs> Shame on you, sir. Shame on you. In all fairness, though, we are looking to run the table. And if we would have won, it would have messed up our perfect record. It, it, this is, I, I've been dealing with this bullshit since 99. This isn't amusing. Hey, so have I. I have been right there with you that whole time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move into some emails. We had some emails from uh, Todd and Amanda uh, Gades, I believe is their pronounced uh, last name, as well as uh, Michael Raymond. First up, Todd and Amanda write, Hi, Mark, Karen, and Tony. A big thank you to the three of you for doing all that research and answering my question about the group slot play. Hey, um, I did no research. I had nothing to do with yeah, it. I do a lot of work on this show. I didn't do that. That, this one, that was all Tony. <laughs> Tony did all of that research. He figured all of that out. We just added the commentary. They go on to say, we really enjoyed your enthusiasm for the legal perspective. You must have spent quite a bit of time on the research. <laughs> yes. It actually is a deeper discussion than I was anticipating. Smiley face. <laughs> There's an actual smiley face, people. She didn't right. type smiley face. <laughs> if you were wondering who I was referencing as the YouTuber, it was Brian Christopher from BrianGambles.com. He has an entire schedule of group polls and rules on his website if you're curious. His videos are very entertaining and funny. Good luck on your Christmas Vegas trip, and we're sending you a PayPal donation as we speak. Keep up the good work. Really enjoy the show. Todd and Amanda. Thank you. They're so sweet. They are nice people. They're really nice people. And then our next email came from Michael Raymond, and he wrote, Hello. Quick question when it comes to getting 1099G from casinos. If you have one casino that you have made more than you bet on your profit loss statement and another casino where you lost more than you won, can you combine them to cancel out the IRS form or does the form have to be from the same casino company you got the IRS form from? Thank you, Michael. All right, so let me jump in here, uh, Michael. First of all, I, I, I hate to be the jerk that's going to lawyer you it's it wasn't a 1099g it's a it's a w2g and the only reason why that's relevant is because a w2g is technically an income based um document whereas a 1099 is more a um uh, what do you call that a, a contract. contractor uh, a con yes yes exactly so to answer your question michael and i'll be very brief i'm not this isn't an, a formal uh, legal lounge here's what i want you to know michael First of all, your gambling income includes, but is not limited to winnings from any lottery. So let that be like, you know, Powerball, Mega Millions, whatever your state might have. That could be a raffle, horse racing, and casinos. This also includes cash winnings and the fair market value of prizes such as cars and trips. So there's your wheel of fortune or prices right uh, catch, okay? Generally, you report all gambling wins on something called the quote unquote other income 
line on your form 1040 and that's the U United States federal income tax return. Next, I want you to know that you can claim your gambling losses up to the amount of your winnings on a Schedule A itemized deductions under your other miscellaneous deductions. But you must report the full amount of your winnings as income and claim your allowable losses separately. You cannot reduce your, and pay attention, Michael, you cannot reduce your gambling winnings by your gambling losses and report the difference. Your records should also show your winnings separately from your losses. Next, I want you to know to keep your losing Keno tickets, your losing horse race tickets, your losing sports bet or state lottery scratch off tickets. Those can be used to support your losses. Likewise, you can also then use your win-loss statements that you get from your casino. So for example, every year I can log in, I can get my Boyd Gaming win-loss statement, I can get my Caesar Entertainment win-loss, I can get my MGM Resorts win-loss. But Michael, where you would do best is if you maintain some sort of gambling diary. Now, here's the problem with a gambling diary. You need to anticipate that you're going to wind up having some W2G wins to necessitate the need for a gambling diary. If you wind up having a terrible 2017 where every casino that you're at you lose and you don't win anything that necessitates a W2G win, and remember we talked about that last week, that's $1,200 or more, particularly like on a slot or a video poker machine your diary is not going to mean anything because the entire calendar year was a loss and you can't write off your casino losses. You can only use them to offset your casino wins. But very briefly, what is a casino diary? This would be something where you are logging things like the casino that you gambled at. What games were you gambling? What date were you gambling? I would even encourage you to write down the video poker machine number. Every every slot machine, every table game, every video poker machine has an actual number assigned to it. And, and it's quite conspicuous. It's not, it's not hard to find. Write that down. How much did you win or lose on that particular slot machine or video poker machine or at that table? Write that down. How long were you gambling there? Were you at that video poker machine for three and a half hours and you lost? 200 bucks, that's important to know. But most of all, the if there's one thing that I can impress upon all of our listeners, guys, it's to be consistent. Always write that stuff down because I have been told, my understanding is that the IRS is more inclined to accept your gambling diary, which theoretically you could make up in 15 minutes if you needed to, and I'm not encouraging you to lie to the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> but the IRS has said, we consider win-loss statements from casinos more as a way to back up and support your gambling diary than we do consider it to be a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, more to be a, it, it's not as influential as you think it is. Yeah. But, your gambling so, diary is more influential. So just by saying that, if you got your casino win-loss statement and had dates on there, you could start making up all that other shit. Oh, spot on. It. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so here's, so Michael, yes, you can offset your casino. So you have a great, for example, I've talked about it on this podcast. I won $10,000 on my 40th birthday. I fortunately had them 
withhold the federal taxes straight away. So that's not a concern for me. But you know where it will be a concern for me? I live in Michigan. We have an income tax. I'm going to have to pay taxes on that $10,000 win to the state of Michigan. I can use my losses, generally speaking, otherwise at Caesars and MGM Grand and Boyd Casino to help offset that $10,000 win in the eyes of the Michigan Treasury Department. So question, the because we've never ordered a win-loss statement from a, you know. Because we don't win. <laughs> we don't win enough to right, make it, right. yeah. But does that include your losses on table games? So I can get, really? Is it as theoretical loss? As long as you use loss? your player's card. No, yep, it's got to be. Use your player's card. But it's a, it has to be a theoretical loss. No, no, no. Because they don't know. They don't mark oh, you down they? when you're. Do they mark you down when you're cashing out? How much you? Absolutely. Yeah. They can't. They log your buy-in and they log your and they log your cash out. And do they buy like log when you rebuy in? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I realized that. Okay. All right. So answer that right. question. Another little mini legal lounge. Right. <laughs> right. It's, I uh, even asked Mark. I'm like, Mark, do you want me to turn this into a legal? He's like, No, 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 no. Just, just a couple of bullet points. We'll, I, it'll I be know like a, the it'll effort be a that goes. Yeah, I know the effort that goes into those. I'm like, I mean, unless your passion is overwhelmed and you want to do this, then like, go ooh, for ooh, it. Ooh, let me, let me. Dude, don't, don't beat yourself down. <laughs> don't be like, in three weeks I'll be ready to answer this right. email. Like, uh, right. let's, let's. Pump the brakes there. Pansy. That's that's kind of you to say, Todd and Amanda, your legal lounge segment took me two weeks to research and write. Michael, buddy, you're you're just as important to the podcast, and I love the shit out of you, even though I don't know who you are. <laughs> your your quasi legal lounge segment took me about a half hour to put together. So there you go. But all valuable information that the listeners appreciate. So Tony, thank you for the amount of time and effort you put into these questions. Yes. That- that's kind of you to say. Hey, gang, by the way, just one last thing before I close this out. This all, pre- everything I shared with you all presupposes that you even get audited. If you wind up, you, for example, I have an accountant. I give my stuff to my accountant. She does whatever magic she does and knock wood. I haven't been audited. But for outside, outside of the United States, listeners do know we can be audited up to seven years past our, uh, tax filings right. yes, so just because i didn't get audited in 2016 for my yeah. for my gambling wins doesn't yet. mean that i won't get audited in four years <laughs> right. from now when all of a sudden they go hold on a second right exactly yeah we listened to your podcast tony my understanding is you had some wins <laughs> we're really far behind <laughs> <laughs> just caught up random podcast search on audits and gamblings and you know how to hide it and hey your name came up <laughs> And you're still not as fun as the Australian. <laughs> I don't know. All right, gang. Well, oh, go ahead, Karen. Go ahead. No, I, I, like, I don't know about that. You're just fun in a different way. Well, I'm not sexy. I mean, I don't have the sexy Australian accent. I'll give him that. Yeah. I will give him that. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, same thing with Alistair. It, it, the accent right. helps. I, yeah. Right. I, and, I, hey, Alistair, I got a question. Is the inverse true if i went to england and i had an american accent would i be able to nail any piece of ass that i wanted <laughs> is that thing? could i walk into buckingham palace and just start banging the shit out of the queen i mean is that well is she even prince harry's mar- marrying an american so apparently the accent's catching on over there what what oh oh nah see i think i think she's marrying him because of the uh, british accent 
Oh yeah, and being, you know, crown prince, that doesn't hurt anything either. <laughs> well, and especially the, the prince that isn't going to have to be king, but still has all the, like, a boatload all of the money. Yeah, yeah I'd be alright with that. I'd right. be alright with that. Absolutely. Good. You know what? At this point, I would marry... Who did Prince William wind up marrying? What was the, what was the, Kate. that prince's... Middleton. Prince? Kate, yeah, yeah. I would marry Kate's sister. Oh, that's Middleton. The Kate, the Kate Middleton's sister was... Oh, da- mean- wasn't she... No, yeah. she was she was the hot one that stole the show at the wedding with her uh, brides or her maid of honor dress that like showed right. off her butt I don't, perfectly. I don't, I don't know if she stole the show, but yeah, she was. But she's married already, Tony. So, <sighs> but happily though, I mean happily, come on. Well, it's only it's been less than a year, so I'm sure right now it's still happening. Oh, right, that whole honeymoon stage hasn't worn off yet. Call me up in seven years, bitch. You'll <laughs> be like, I just need some American accent. <laughs> <laughs> And nobody has a more bland American accent than a guy from Michigan. <laughs> hey, I've been told that uh, people, they get hired on as TV newscasters in states like uh, New York, New Jersey, particularly the East Coast, will watch and listen to pick up the Midwest accent. Uh, allegedly, in the broadcasting world, yep. the Midwest ass- accent, it, <laughs> I mean, it helps if it's inspired and, with some bourbon, of course, it, yeah. but <laughs> the Midwest accent is like the voice to use on broadcasting television. Because it's also the, the least... Because it's it's correct. No, <laughs> I don't want right? to say the least offensive, but it, it the, has... The it, most accurate? It, it literally has the least inflection or variation of the any le- accent. It's yes, the least wrong. It is the most boring version <laughs> of American English that you're ever going to find. I respectfully... We are the closest hey, to Tony, perfection. Tony, I'm from Michigan. I'm and Mark's I, from, no, I uh, know, I, from I, the Midwest, too. I just, here's the deal. Ha- after having been out to Zorkfest and listening to the East Coast accent... <laughs> <laughs> I love all of our East Coast listeners and our friends from the East Coast. I love you guys to death, but your nasally, like, clogged <laughs> nose accents, I just, I can't understand it. I don't get it. Like, I like I almost need a translator <laughs> when, when they talk. I'm like, wait, sorry. We honestly... <laughs> Can, can I get a New Jersey to an English translation, please? Is there a thing? So so that's funny that you mentioned that because when I we first moved to Chicago, a friend of mine sent me a Chicago ease to English translation. And I, I can't God, now I gotta dig it up. But obviously there's a you know, the way they say garage and, and yeah, it, it just God, I shouldn't have brought it up because now I can't remember what ended tomorrow. Like, it hit me in the face. But, no, it, it's – there's certain places, and it's not as bad as Boston, but it's very similar. And it's just funny because it, when you know people that actually have that accent, you're like, yeah, they really do talk that way. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Everybody sounds like Joe Pesci to me. I don't – <laughs> I'm not trying to be offensive. I swear. It's not. It's, From the East Coast, I, yes. And, of course, I say yes. it. Exactly. I'm, I'm kidding Four percent of what I say. <laughs> all right, all right. So the bourbon's kicked in. It's time for me to go. Yeah, we need to wrap this up. So I, Uh-oh. I think it's time wife, huh? uh, for us to entertain, right? We'll sure. probably turn on the Golden Girls. I'll fall asleep. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's sexy town up in here. <laughs> Your snoring is just so intriguing. Right, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that should have gotten a bigger laugh. <laughs> turn, on, turn on the Golden Girls and I pass and I fall asleep. It's like my blankie. That's going to do it for episode 253. 
forget these two who don't find me as funny as I think I am. We love it for your listening, your downloading, and we really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. You can support the show via purchasing things from our affiliates, such as Amazon.com, Tickets.AccessVegas.com, or you can just make a PayPal donation. You can buy merchandise from our store, which is Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas, or you can help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to send us some feedback, written or audio, you can do so at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. If you're not sure how to record audio with your smartphone and email it to us, we do also have instructions on how we or mm, we have instructions on how to do that as well on the blog's main page. The bourbon's mm. kicking in. <laughs> he started that outro out so loose and all of a sudden went, oh shit, I gotta focus. <laughs> I'm too far out on this ledge. I'm too far out on this ledge. Back off. Back off. Trust me, Tony, as somebody who's had uh, enough alcohol in their system and then tried to read through this stuff, I completely understand where you're coming from. I just find it cute and endearing. I, I, my favorite part, I like it. I, if I can find out how to, <laughs> to spell it, that will be the, the, the name of the episode is, mm. <laughs> that point and went, oh, shit, oh, that's not going well. great. Mm. Okay, try again. <laughs> Tony, where can folks find you? I am at 360Vegas Tony. And Karen, you. I am at Karen Mark. I just told you where you can find me, so until next time. Yeah.